Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I'm aware as I read these things of God, I'm, I'm grateful for all that you've kept me from. I'm glad to not be under his wrath. I'm glad that all the wrath that could have come to me was poured out on Jesus on the cross and I'm not under the wrath of God because of Jesus. Amen? So I'm grateful to Jesus for taking care of that for me because we all deserve God's wrath, but we receive mercy through Jesus. And as I look at what wrath looks like, I'm more grateful. I'm more grateful for God's mercy, God's forgiveness in my life. For many people, reading about what's going to happen in the last days before Jesus returns is unsettling and scary. But as Pastor Bill reminds you today, if you walk with God, this should spark gratitude instead of fear because you've been spared from experiencing God's wrath. Though you, like everyone else, deserve God's judgment, Jesus took that for you on the cross. You don't have to be afraid of what's to come. Instead, learning more about the end times can make you more grateful for all Jesus has done. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 9 as he continues his message, Hell on Earth. But during this tribulation period where God said, this is the period where my wrath is being poured out, I'm going to let people see the demonic realm. Uh, and I'm going to give demons permission to do things that they have not had permission to do. I'm letting out demons that used to be bound up. So these, again, it's not like they're good demons, but these are the worst demons. I'm letting them out. And they're going to have a physical uh, image. They're going to fly around like locusts. Um, they're going to have power like scorpions of the earth. Uh, if anybody knows anything about scorpions, uh, one of the worst stings you can get is a scorpion sting. So a bee sting, not too much. A wasp sting is kept bad because a wasp can keep stinging you. A scorpion sting is one of the worst things as far as the level of pain that it creates. And so God is allowing these demonic creatures that have power to, to create pain. They have power to hurt men. But he says in verse uh, four, they were commanded not to touch the grass or any of the green things, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. So there's mercy in the midst of judgment again that those that have gotten saved, those that have the seal of God on their foreheads, while these demonic creatures are going out, God says they, they won't be able to touch those that belong to the Lord. Why? Because this is God's wrath and God's wrath is never poured out on his kids. Even during this time. Now, I think God is better than we would be. My mind says this. If I was God and I've given you all these opportunities to get saved and you were like, nope, nope, you rejected me at 20 altar calls and you make it to the tribulation period. I think you should see a demon. Yeah, I'm going to save you, but I'm, you should you should feel some of this. You know, you could you didn't have to be here. God is better than me because God is like, no, nah, those that are saved, I'm going to put the seal of God on their forehead and they're not going to be touched by these things. Um, I think it's very merciful and very gracious of God that he would do that because uh, they've obviously had other opportunities, but God is merciful. Um, this is his wrath being poured out. Now, verse 5 says, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die but death will flee from them. So here God says, look, these, these demonic creatures are going to go forth. They're going to have the power to sting men. Um, it's going to hurt for five months. And in those days, people are going to want to die. 
and then death is going to flee. So I would just point this out for anybody that's ever said, oh, the tribulation period already happened. Oh, we're, we're, we're living in hell right now. Y'all know that nothing like this has ever happened before. Amen? For you guys that are here that are saved, nothing like this will ever happen. You'll never experience anything like this. This is a unique period of time on the earth. God said about the tribulation period that it'll be the worst period of time ever on earth. There's never been a time like it, nor will there ever be a time like it afterwards. This will be the worst period of time on earth. And so demons are released. They're I'm sure, I'm sure it's scary um, for those that are here. I think that there'd be probably mental breakdowns because how do you get away from demons? I mean, these are spiritual creatures. They can fly. They have power to touch you, to sting you, to hurt you. I would imagine that this would be horrifying time to be on the earth. Do any of you guys look at this and think, if I were here, I, I would think this would make people get saved? Do you guys think that this would make people come to a... I, that's what I tend to think. But that's not what happens. I would look at this and think, man, this is surely people would see that and be like, God, help. God, I'm sorry. God, I repent today. Give me that seal. Seal my forehead now. You know, I would I would be begging for mercy, but that's not actually what's going to happen. So um, this is again, this is God's wrath being poured out. People are going to seek death and death is going to flee. That's a unique thing. It's going to last for five months. So imagine somebody that's in pain and they want to die. But death flees them. That means if you jump off a building and you, ah, Geronimo, and you smack, you're not dying. You're just going to be in more pain, you know? That's unfathomable, you know, that you some shoot they sell. Boom. Nope. Didn't work. Still here. Just, just in more pain. Death will flee. Um, obviously, that's spiritual and supernatural because under normal circumstances, a person could kill themselves. They could die. But God says, during this period of time, I'm not allowing death. Now, I used to look at this and think, wow, that's a harsh judgment. But I actually, rethinking it this go around, have thought that might be merciful. Because if you were in pain and you killed yourself, where would you go? They would go to hell. The fact that God says, I'm not going to let you die, um, it's merciful in that, that maybe, there's a, maybe some of them will get saved. Maybe some of them are going to repent after this. Not allowing death to people that are going to hell is merciful is extending their time, is giving them another opportunity to be saved. And so uh, verse 7 says, now as a further description of these, these creatures, it says, the shape of the locust was like a horse prepared for battle. You're going to see many times that John will say like. So when he says that, John is doing his best to put into his own words what he's seeing. So it's like, it's like this. So it's not actually a horse, but it's like a horse. He says, the shape of the locust was like a horse prepared for battle. So I was curious as to rather, you know, the, it was the shape, but it was is, like, what size are these things? I don't really get a sense of the size. Uh, he doesn't say anything that tells me that it's this big or that big. He doesn't say it's the size of a horse, but it's like the shape of a horse prepared for battle. So you can imagine a horse with armor and gear on that a horse that would go to battle back in those days. He says, that's the shape of these locusts. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. Their faces were like the faces of men. I think that would be freaky. That something shaped like a horse that could fly with a scorpion tail, but it have a face like a man. Then it says they had hair like women's hair. Uh, I'm imagining that that it's like flowy hair. Um, I I had a kid draw this for me one time. And, um, you know, it 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 was a fat man's face, blonde woman hair. 
and he drew these lion teeth, and it was, it was, it was you know, it was, it was pretty interesting. But um, they had hair like a woman's hair. Their teeth were like lion's teeth, and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. And so, again, that's, that's a loud noise. And so this is just freaky, you know. I don't know if everybody's ever been somewhere where, like, a beehive broke loose. Uh, I took my son. You guys I know my son Billy is autistic, and he loves to go to Universal Studios. But Bill only goes to one place. He goes to Universal Studios. He goes straight to Minion area. And he rides the Minion rides, and he waits till the characters come out. And he likes to take pictures and, and video the little characters from the Minions, the little sisters. Um, and so we were out there one day. Well, they had at Universal Studios, there was a beehive, and it, it broke loose. And so you had a whole area where you had all these kids, you had staff, and the bees were just going. Now, my son being autistic, he's enamored with flying things. Now, he's afraid of flies, but he likes the bees. And I'm like, no, the bees will sting you. And I tell him, Billy, get away from the bees. will sting you. Dad, Dad, what is the bee going to do? It'll sting you. And he thinks it's funny. And I'm trying to, so I, I had to like, I had to physically grab him. Like, now if it was a fly, he would be like, hey, get away from me. You know, like the fly that can't do nothing to him. But he's enamored with the bees. He wants to go see them and, and glory in them and video them. And I have to like hurl them out of there, you know. So, um, but you can hear the noise of this angry these bees just, and I'm like, we, we got to go. I, I don't want to get stung. That's a lot of me, and they'll just be stinging me, you know? So, um, but here, if you can imagine these creatures, they're like locusts, but the, the, the wings, as they're flying around, it sounds like many chariots going into battle. And so, I would, again, I would imagine all these things are horrific and scary. And why is this in the Bible? Why has God put this here? Why is this information here for us to read in such detail um, again, I can only take from this that God wants believers to be aware of what's going to happen in the future, that we would be faithful witnesses, faithful in sharing with our neighbors, our families, our friends. But also, I'm aware as I read these things of God, I'm, I'm grateful for all that you've kept me from. I'm glad to not be under his wrath. I'm glad that all the wrath that could have come to me was poured out on Jesus on the cross, and I'm not under the wrath of God because of Jesus. Amen. So I'm grateful to Jesus for taking care of that for me because we all deserve God's wrath, but we've received mercy through Jesus. And as I look at what wrath looks like, I'm more grateful. I'm more grateful for God's mercy, God's forgiveness in my life. Now, verse 10 says they had tails like scorpions and there there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. So uh, they had in their tails, they had these stings of a scorpion that were able to hurt men for five months. They had a king over them. So uh, angels and demons, can they run and rank and file. There's some order to how they get down. And it says the one that was over them was in the Hebrew Abaddon and in the Greek Apollyon. Those names mean destruction and destroyer. Uh, We believe that these are names for Satan. And so um, what does Satan come to do? To steal, to kill, and what? Destroy. That's all he can do. And so let me say this because as I look at what the Bible tells, when the Bible is being explicitly explicit about who the devil is, it's never good. 
But do you guys realize that we live in a culture that entertains themselves on demonic movies and scary stuff? Like somehow there's this interest and people are enamored with it. And I wonder sometimes if Satan isn't even behind it, kind of lulling people to sleep, to think it's funny or it's entertaining or it's not real. Um, but I read this and I realize that this, this is not what I want to entertain myself with. The devil is real. Demons are real. If you want to have an interest in the supernatural, that's a good thing. But make sure that you explore the supernatural in ways that God has invited you in. Amen. Um, the supernatural is not bad, but we want to enter in. I, I want to I by faith in God's word through prayer, um, through encountering God. I want to I delve into all the supernatural I can, but I want to delve into the supernatural where the power's at, where Jesus is at. I don't want to be fooling around with demonic things and entertaining myself with stuff that, um, you know, that, that, that just the devil is doing uh, or, you know, thinking that that's, that's um, that, that, I, don't, I don't think that should be the entertainment of the people of God, you know, realizing that, man, I think some people get lulled to sleep through that. Also, people are doing things and sometimes Christians get caught up in it. So right now, that's, I think it's like a fad, but everybody is burning sage to cleanse. Spiritually, you just get the get the evil spirits and the and the bad energy. Can I tell y'all how dumb that is, right? Because we have, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, and uh, you know, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not bagging on you, but it's stupid. So uh, <laughs> the devil is real. There's demonic power, and there ain't no leaf you can burn that's gonna make the devil leave. So if 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 the devil is doing something, you pray prayer. There's power in prayer. You can. You know, walk in obedience to the word. You know, there are things that you can do. You can't burn enough incense to move the devil out. So I, for people that are doing that, I understand non-believers, but some Christians getting caught up in this. And they're buying sage. I just moved to a new apartment. There's just bad energy in, in the devil. So I'm going to just do this. I'm going to burn some sage and walk throughout my place. I'm, the devil laughing at you. The devil is behind you saying, what do you think you're going to do with that? That's probably his favorite fragrance, you know. So... Um, <laughs> Just be careful about watching stuff like because everybody else is doing it. The Bible never told you to do that. Right. I've had people that called and like, hey, can you come? And, you know, I want you to come and, and, and put oil over every door of my house and walk through my house. I, I'm, 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 I'm probably going to hurt somebody's feelings, but it's OK. This is just a reality. You can't put enough oil on a doorway. That's not how we deal with the devil. That's not how we deal with the demonic realm. We pray. I've had people that ask me to come to their house and do that. I'm like, look, you want to be concerned with the people in the house. Because I'm, I'm a person, right? I'm a, I'm a believer. And I, that means the spirit of God lives in me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm more concerned with who's under my roof than the house itself. Satan is worried about people, just like God is worried about people. He ain't worried about your house. You know, Satan ain't worried about some room. With, this room in the back of my house, it was this old lady used to live back here. And so what? I bought a house from a woman that I know was doing witchcraft and she was growing stuff in my backyard and we bought the house and tore all the stuff out and moved in and, and God moved in with us. I, you know, there was never, I never walked around like, did you hear that? I bet, I bet that lady is, man, please, you know. Um, it's sometimes we give power to the enemy that's just not there, you know. God lives in you if you're a believer. And so greater is he that's in you, that's he, everything you need, you already have. And so if you sense opposition or warfare or demonic attack, what do we do? We pray, 
Call a friend, read a scripture, obey the Lord, call on God, you know, recognize that God has all authority, all power. Demons got to flee in his name. Sing some worship. You know, you want to change in the atmosphere and environment. God says he inhabits the praise of his people. Throw on some praise music and glorify God if you want to change an environment. But don't be walking around burning sage thinking you're doing something to the devil. So I just want to throw that out there. So so back to this. So the devil is here. You know, he's the. He's destroying and, and he's the destroyer. He's the one that's over these, these demonic creatures that are going out. And this is part of God's wrath. This is just the first woe. Verse 12 says, one woe is past, but behold, two more woes are coming after these things. And so this is the first of three woes. If you guys remember last week after the five trumpets, the angel flew over and he said, woe, woe, woe. And I paraphrase, but he essentially said, what God is getting ready to do next is way worse than what he did here. Um, and there are these three woes. Well, this is the first woe. These demonic creatures that are unleashed on the earth during the tribulation period. They cause people to be in pain for five months. Death will flee. They will not be able to die. And uh, we'll see in a little bit that as much as I think it would cause people to repent, it doesn't. Now we get the second situation. Look at verse 13. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. And so that's the, the altar of incense where the prayers of the saints are kept. And it said, uh, verse 14, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So there's four angels that have been bound at the great river Euphrates, and they're going to be released now. Verse 15, so the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Let me point something out. As these angels and the demons are being released to do things, I just want to remind us who's ultimately in charge, right? Who, set the, who, who let the first demons go when it was time God did that? God said, now they can go. So all that time on earth right now, they're bound up. They can't do what they want to do. We need to remember that. Uh, sometimes people think the devil has had free reign to do whatever he wants to whoever he wants, whenever he wants. Y'all know that's not the case? That Satan can't do anything concerning you that doesn't pass by God first. I'm not saying that Satan can't attack and that things can't happen, but it has to be father-filtered, right? When Satan was going to attack Job, God set parameters. God said, you can touch all that he has, but don't touch him. Then God, then God said, you can touch him, but you can't take his life. And God kept setting up the parameters and the boundaries as far as how far he could go. When God first bragged on Job to Satan, God told Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all the earth. A man that's upright, blameless, fears God and shuns evil. You know what Satan said? Because Satan had checked him out. Satan said there's a hedge about him and everything that he has on every side. How you know that, devil? Huh? How, how you know there's a hedge about him and all that he has on every side? Satan had checked him out. And Job was living in such a way that he was hedged in. Satan, because I couldn't get through to him. He needed permission to get through. And God granted him permission here and permission there. Um, remember that. So when something happens in your life, some warfare happens, bad as it may be, remember that God has had to pass by you. If God has allowed it into your life, then you can be victorious in it. Y'all know that? No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And so anything that happens to you got to pass by him. And so if God has allowed Satan to test you, if God has allowed Satan to tempt you, if God has allowed it's, it's passed by God. 
And I can be victorious because God wouldn't, God don't set us up for failure. And so if God has allowed this in, if God has allowed this, allowed this battle, this thing to transpire, um, somehow I'm going to be strengthened and made better through it. And so don't cry too loud. You know, don't, don't glorify the devil. Sometimes we give Satan so much credit, I think he likes it. You know, we just talk about the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. Um, I realize that he's, he can't really do, he can't just do what he want to do. So I, I look above his head to the Lord. I will say this, too, because I've seen, you know, well-meaning movies and whatnot where people are talking to the devil instead of praying. And um, like The War Room, it was a great movie. But the, 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 the crescendo of the movie, the lady is in there saying, devil, I'm telling you, devil. And you can't, she's talking to the devil for like 10 minutes. That's not what we do. It looked good. It was, it was theatrical. But biblically, that's not what you, we, I'm not going to be in a room talking to the devil. That's my enemy. Amen. He's a liar. He's a foe. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm not conversating with that fool. We talk to God. That's where the power is at. You have access through Jesus Christ to God Almighty. That's who you want to be having your conversation with. And if you've experienced in warfare, I'm not ex- encouraging you to walk around saying, devil, you you know, you're telling him what he can and can't do. You be talking to the Lord. God in your name. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that anything demonic, anything that's not of you, God, you would cleanse me. You would remove it from my home, remove it from this environment. Give me strength. Bind Satan in the name of Jesus. But your conversation is going to be with God about the devil. That's, the, that's what we see in Scripture. That's what we're encouraged to do in the Word of God. So be careful about maybe watching movies or watching these TV preachers walking around, talking to the devil, stomping on the devil and everything else. Um, that that's, that's not really where we get battle done with the enemy. Uh, we get that done on our faces. We get that done in prayer and in conversation with the Lord. Amen. And so now um, this again, we're, we're looking at this second situation. It says in verse 15, so the four angels that have been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. So now they've been released and they're uh, they're they're been free. These demons to kill a third of mankind. So this has never happened before either. But this is a direct hit. So. Again, imagine a third of the people dying. That, that means there would be nobody alive that wasn't impacted by this. If a third of people got killed, everybody would know many people that died. And so this would impact, this is worldwide. This would impact everybody. A third of mankind are going to be killed. And again, you would think that this would bring brokenness or uh, repentance or change, but we're going to see that it doesn't. Verse 16. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. Um, he said, I heard the number of them, and thus I saw the horses in the vision. So John is seeing a vision of these, these demonic horses that are going out to kill a third of mankind. <clears throat> it says, those who sat on them had breastplates of fire, uh, of, of fiery red, uh, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the head of the horses were like the heads of lions. So again, just get these images in your mind. You got these, these, these horses of uh, uh, red, blue, and sulfur yellow. They, the heads of the horses looked like lions. Uh, out of their mouth came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. And this is why I titled the chapter Hell on Earth. That you got these, you got demonic locusts stinging people that hurt for five months and you can't die. Now you got these 200 million horses that are going out in these crazy colors. I've never seen a yellow, a fiery red, 
or a Hyacinth Blue or a Sulfur Yellow horse with the head of a lion. And we'll see in a moment they have the tail of a serpent, but they're breathing out fire and smoke and brimstone and killing a third of mankind on the earth. The book of Revelation lays out many things that will happen in the future. It can be unsettling to read about some of the things that are within the pages of this prophetic book. But God wants your heart to be at peace with what he'll bring to pass. Like in most stories, there's a great battle and then good overcomes evil. This is a great story of all time and we get to experience it with a loving but just God. So rather than disregarding this book as a bunch of strange imagery that seems non-cynical, be empowered reading this book, knowing that God's in control and that He will win. Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all these things. If you're seeking some assistance with where and how to read the Bible, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you read on a daily basis. Look on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through Revelation. But before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry in a financial way. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry is a blessing to you. We look forward to you joining us next time on A Transforming Word.